This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Welcome to the Cowboys Podcast. Dallas Cowboys trying to rally from behind. It's Hill! Touchdown! Big opening for Tony Dorsett. Look out! He's got great speed. Dorsett down the sideline. Stays inbound. Can you believe that? That was a heck of a throw by Troy Aikman. Everyone had to do it. Someone had to call it. But the other guys had to make it go. It's Elliott. Elliott! For the touchdown, no flags, Cowboys lead. Des Bryant out of the witness protection program and, and trying for the end zone. How about them Cowboys? Touchdown, Dallas. Now your host, Jono, Steve-O, and Rodney. What the, the Cowboys? Cowboy Nation, how the hell are you? Well, I'll tell you what, man, that was a... That was a rough game against the Washington Redskins. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out that whole snap thing. Uh, he did not move that ball. And the guy's been doing that all his life as a Dallas Cowboy. I don't know. I, 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 just, don't, I just don't get it that these refs always play a role with our Cowboy losses. When it's a loss, it's always the zebras that are involved in it. I can't get it. I, I, don't, I don't understand it. But in any case, we lost 20 to 17. It was a hard fought battle, that's for sure. And it seemed like Dak was starting to get comfortable back there. And then uh, we just ran out of clock on him. And uh, our offensive line, I got mixed emotions about that. I mean, there were times, uh, I mean, to be honest with you, I think our pass protection is pretty damn good. Even when uh, Dak fumbled that ball in the end zone, I still think he had like over three seconds, and uh, I, I think more time Dak has to throw that ball, the less confident I am that he's going to complete that ball. I, 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 is that is that weird? Is that weird? Because uh, when he's back there comfortable, I, I, mean, I mean, come on, throw the damn thing. Throw the ball. There's got to be someone open. There's got to be. And speaking of someone open, now we picked up – and Cowboy Nation uh, should be excited about this. Amari Cooper, wide out for uh, the Oakland uh, Raiders, now a Dallas Cowboy, and we gave up our uh, first-round draft pick for next year. I know there's a lot of you out there that are like, what the hell did we give up our first-round draft choice? But again, you look at it, probably the Jones family would have picked someone goofy, uh, another tight end, four or five tight ends now. We would have had I, – I don't uh, – going into the draft for the Cowboys with a number one draft pick, uh, it, it's like uh, they're going to get a blue-collar player. And uh, you know what? I'm happy with this pick. I I think Amari Cooper gives another look, extends the field out uh, for our boys. To, for Dak, actually, you know, now you're stretching the field out a little bit more and – this may help out everybody. All the receivers, uh, we're, we're getting exactly like what what we had with Des, actually. And I know Jones went around saying that we've we've never had a, we we haven't had a number one wideout in a long time. Bullshit to that because you had Des. As much as uh, you don't want Des back, and that was your uh, 
breaking off or that was your cutting off the bridge or whatever ties with uh, Dez, if that was the statement that you wanted to make there. But he was our number one wideout. And Amari Cooper now fills in that spot. And, folks, I'm telling you right now, if, you, if you're thinking that we've got a guy now that's going to get the ball, it takes two to tango here. It takes Dez to throw the ball. And if Dez isn't uh, completing the passes, you know, Amari's just going to be like another wideout for the Dallas Cowboys. But now, I, I got to say, now there's much more – pressure you might say uh, on Dak because uh this whole scenario of uh, well we don't have a wideout we don't have a wideout and that's why and he you know all you da- Dak fans out there uh, like I said you guys some of you are like a cult group members I, I don't know what the hell's gotten into you but uh, you you overlook everything the guy does wrong too and then you say, well, if you don't like it, leave. No, the hell with you. Well, we've been here a lot longer than Dak has, okay? That's that's one thing right there. We're Cowboy fans. We want to see the best product out on the field. All right? So now he's got a wideout. Yeah, he wanted the wideout. He's got a wideout. So let's get the ball to this wideout. All right? Maybe, I, I don't know. He's got to throw the ball. Anyway, uh, our game uh, against the Redskins, uh, we lost 20 to 17. 20 to 17. The stats uh, identical almost. Uh, tape measure there. Uh, first down, 17 to 15, our favor. Uh, first downs, uh, uh, we had 16. They had uh, 14. Uh, first down penalties. From penalties, uh, we had one. Uh, from penalty, uh, you know what, folks? Uh, again, that that damn play at the end. I mean, what what the hell was that? What what the hell is that ref seeing? I mean, s- the stuff like this has got to go answered. I mean, I'm sick and tired of the NFL apologizing to the Dallas Cowboys every time some shit happens. It, it's not right. It's not right at all. I mean, God, God's sake, man. I mean, the, the guy didn't do anything with that ball. He's a snapper. He's done that all his life. Every snapper does that. Well, why, why don't you guys critique another snapper next time? Let's see if this goes because I tell you what, they're, they're going to go, oh, well, we messed that one up. These are wins that you're taking off. These are Ws you're taking off. Okay, so we would have tied. I guarantee you we would have beat the Redskins in overtime. All right, how about that? Favor was going to us. Uh, the, the, Alex Smith wasn't doing anything towards the end. And Jesus Christ, our defense was playing damn good out there too. And I I got a message uh, from one of our listeners uh, on our Cowboys podcast show. He said, you know what? Uh, it seems like every third down our DBs break down. So I, I'm noticing that too. Come on, folks. Come on. Come on. You got it. You got it. You, you're, you're tough. First down, second down, third down, just toughen up one time, you know, just toughen up and uh, don't give them those wide open tight end passes. I I, I told Steve on that last show, I said it's going to be Jordan Reed that's going to hurt us, and sure enough, it was. Anyway, uh, receiving yards, uh, I'll tell you what, the Gallup kid did pretty damn good. Three receptions for 81 yards with a one touchdown. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. And uh, Prescott, six carries, 33 yards. And I think he had uh, close to 300 yards uh, 
301. Then what was that? Let me check that out for sure. Yeah, he had close to 300 yards. He had like 270-something. So, you know what? Uh, he, he had a pretty good day. He had a pretty good day. It's just those just mental breakdowns that really get us all frustrated. And I, you know what, folks? I don't really want to hear about Garrett either. I, he had nothing to do with this loss. All right? I, I know every damn week we, we seem to throw Garrett under the bus, but not this time. I did, what the hell did he do wrong here? Nothing. So let, let's lay off the Garrett this week. The guy didn't do anything this week. This was strictly us, and uh, it was a hard-fought battle. I mean, uh, this was a 12-round heavyweight fight against our nemesis, the Redskins. And uh, the uh, the Redskins and the refs prevailed. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to say it. I got to say it. I, I'll throw you refs out there all the time. You guys, you guys did a shitty job at the end. You guys cost us on overtime, at least to go to overtime. What the hell was that? I, you know what? I'm not going to say anything about our kicker, too. The ki- our kicker's been solid. One good thing about Jones, uh, he picked this kicker up, and he's got his uh, he's got his thing on. I mean, this kick in play. Uh, that, that kick at the end, I mean, hits the crossbar. Are you kidding me? Whew. Anyway, uh, we're going to get Travis on. Travis, so... Uh, you know what? He's he's almost like part of the team here, Cowboys Podcast Show, and uh, I love doing the recap with him and uh, the group. I don't have Steve. I don't have Rodney. I invited uh, Travis on board, and uh, we'll be uh, getting getting his insight as well. So uh, we'll see what the hell uh, he's seeing out there. We're probably going to agree on a lot of it. Let's uh, look at some more stats here. What happened to Zeke, by the way? What uh, that Redskin? Uh, Team just closed him down. We couldn't get anything going. No run game. And, again, our offensive line, I don't know. One, one week, two weeks, uh, three weeks, they look great. And this last week, I, you know, on the pass uh, block, they did all right. They did okay. But on the run, man, they couldn't open anything. They couldn't open anything. And, once again, we're in the situation again to where we're not out of the NFC East. By far. I mean, that still can be won by our division. I mean, the Redskins still got a place at our house, one. I'm not sold on the Redskins, okay? I'll just say say that to you right now. If they bring that ref crew back, maybe. I, I don't I don't know what the hell that was all about. I, you know, I'm tired. I'm tired of it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I keep bringing it up. But, again, that was a, that was a big uh, penalty right there. I, I still can't see it. But in any case, uh, total yards, uh, Dallas 323 yards, uh, Washington uh, 305. Turnovers, Dallas 2, and the Redskins 0. Possession right down the middle. Hey, you know what? I think we got Travis. Travis is going to chime in on us. Uh, Hey, uh, do we have Travis on? Yes, we do. Hey, Travis, how the hell are you, babe? How are you, Jono? Good to hear from you again, brother. Just checking in after man. You're a regular. You're our cowboy guy. You're you're a cowboy podcast dude now. Uh, I can't believe it, man. I'm still bewildered by this loss. You know, I am. I am too. But it, it's it's funny. I I wasn't upset. I I, I told a buddy of mine. I said I would have been more pissed at the twenty to ten loss. 
I think, than I would have been the 20 to 17. I don't know if it was because of the way that things happened, how it went down, but 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 I'm at a loss about the law. I just couldn't believe that damn ref called that a penalty, dude. I I mean I'm I've looked at this and I just I I don't know is it always a referee costing us a big game now is this something that we have to worry about the twelfth man being the referee now? We are snake bit in that way in regards to having to fight against the zebras and I'm gonna tell you I I took a look at this because I'm I'm standing there in total shock uh, Sunday night so I took a look at this and it's funny the call. Because this is going to be a direct result of coaching from the Redskins staff. I told my kid when we were watching this, I said, that ref didn't make that call on his own. And she said, Daddy, what do you mean? I said, during that downtime, when they were checking to see if Cole Beagley completed that pass or not, I mean, was a completed pass, which he did, I said, the Redskins coaches were telling their players then, get ready, because on this field goal, you guys are going to jump. Because if you notice, two guys jumped. The inside guy jumped first and then the outside guy. But it was on the Dallas side of the field. And the referee that has his eyes in direct line of the center to protect the center in those situations, he did not make the call. It was made from the opposite side of the field. And that let me know right there. I said, hey, okay, they've been talking all night, telling these guys to watch the ball, watch the ball. But on the drive just before, we kicked the field goal. Everything that he did with the ball was fine. If you look at the Skins center all night, not only was this guy moving the ball, but he was picking it up, moving it from one side to the other. Now, LP did do that on our previous field goal, so I was like, they didn't call it there. Why would they call it at the end of the game? And that's nothing but good coaching by the skin staff telling this guy, hey, they're moving the ball, they're drawing us off sides, and they tell their guys, you got to jump because we've already sold it that they're going to draw you offside. So when he jumped, it was nothing for the ref to do but to throw the flag. But was it correct? Absolutely not. Totally not the right call to make there. Wow. Wow. So they're thinking, you know what, he's already going to put this 47-yard field goal or 46-yard field goal in. So why right. not? Uh, if he jumps, big deal. We'll just uh, it'll just be a thirty-nine or a forty-yard field goal. It's it's the same concept to them. Let's uh, let's roll our dice uh, and say that uh, he picked up the ball. So, right. So right. yeah, that's what I we're going to do. Yeah, because we've been that. saying that we've been selling it all night. Hey, hey, watch, watch, watch. And I just thought it was so uh, interesting. Is the word I'll use is that the call did not come from the ref who was watching the center because, like I said, when I watched the the game over again and I'm looking at that piece right as they're trying to review that I notice the special teams guy goes to Gruden and then Gruden goes to the zebra and then when we line up this guy almost jumps before LP even squeezes the ball and I said okay that's it right there because I was wondering I'm like what the hell happened You, you know that's a call you don't see made too often you know and I can't remember it being made anytime of any substantial point of any game over the last 10 or 12 years. So I'm like, this is definitely coaching. It's nothing that would have happened if we were at home. But you're in their stadium, the momentum switching, you know, a lot of things are taking place here because if you think about it, we fought the 12 all night. 
the first touchdown the Redskins score, and I meant to send you a picture earlier today, brother. I sent it after the call. It was a clear block in the back, and I guess that's a uh, a penalty that they don't call because they were so caught up in just watching. But there was a clear block in the back when Bird scored the touchdown. I mean, hell, we should have stopped them, but that too was a difference maker. And once I saw that, I said, "Damn, you know, this is this is going to be one that they're really going to make us fight tooth and nail for." you know, to get out of here with the W. What about our defensive line? I mean, I what do we have, just one sack? Did we even get one sack? Let me check this out. Sacks, uh, yeah, we we had, uh, well, we had four sacks. We had right, four. we had. It's just the way that everything looked, you know. Yeah, it, nothing, yeah, yeah. nothing was clean. You know, it didn't seem like we was getting the pressure, you know, but we were getting it, but the the – the Redskins were doing everything that we wanted to do. One, two, three, get the ball out. Just just get it out. You know what I mean? Don't go down with it. Don't take a loss. Hell, mm-hmm. we'll take you throwing it away, but don't take a loss. And since they were doing that, it made it look super productive because, you know, Peterson didn't score a rushing, uh, a rushing touchdown. And I live in Redskins country. You know, I, I live on the East Coast over here in Virginia. So, you know, I'm talking to these guys all day. And I'm like, Peterson – did not score a touchdown. You know, I'm, I'm I'm not sure if you're aware of that. He definitely had a great rushing game, but he did not score a touchdown. But they were everything that we wanted to do. They were getting the ball out mm-hmm. fast. They were, you know, going down the field. But we had our opportunities. We just couldn't capitalize on them. You know, we, we just could not capitalize um, in this game as it got to the later stages, um, you know, the, the running game, they let us know early on. We'll put nine in the box. You're not going to run against us today. 22. We're going to make your quarterback beat us. Yes, absolutely. 22, 22 yards rushing. 22 yards. Now, our quarterback, he decided at one point in the game that he was going to beat them with his arm. But on a critical play, of course, that everybody's tearing apart now, the fumble on the goal line, um, he, 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 you know, I'm not going to defend him but I'm going to call a fact a fact, and he didn't see Gallup. I watched the play from a few different angles. Gallup shook the hell out of that corner, and he was gone again for the exact same route that he scored the touchdown on. But what Dak saw was Kerrigan closing in, and I don't know why he didn't make the decision to uh, either get the ball out or just well, take the point Travis, you, you get the ball out. You got Elliott that's at the uh, – he'll, he'll get you the first down marker. He was open. Right. Right, and, he was open. And then we had Gallup, and, and like you said, he was breaking it uh, maybe towards the hash, uh, and that was about 20 yards down, and he looked like he was getting separation. Right, 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 right. He just he went back to Kerrigan, and, you know, that's when the, uh, I'll say, less than being confident in yourself starts to take over. And, and, and see, that's what – I'm afraid of the after effect of all the Dak friendly and so much criticism at times when he's supposed to just play, he's thinking instead of playing and granted his feet weren't set and you know, all of these things, but Gallup was getting separation out of anybody on the team right now. If I'm going downfield, I'm going to him. I'm going to give him the opportunity, but they're so critical of themselves because everybody criticizes every move. And it's like, so instead of, uh, playing, I'm thinking, I'm on the one-yard line, but damn it, 
I'm about to give up a touchdown. You know, when when the smarter play would have been, as you said, Zeke right there is going to get you the first. And I saw the frustration of Zeke as Dak went down. He, he's, oh, he's like, damn it, you didn't get me the ball. And when they went back to the sideline, Dak tried to say a couple of words to him, and he brushed him off. And, and, and you know, small things like that concern me because I don't want, you know, the team to – turn against each other when we're still at a critical time right now, which seems to be the story for us every week. It's a critical time, do or die, you know, and, and I thought that was a little concerning, but when they got back on the field, they had an opportunity to win the game. Um, I even posted on Sunday, I didn't think it was a Garrett issue. I know what he had in mind. Um, it just It just didn't go that way. And and I feel like we were driving, that momentum was switching. But going back to what you said at the beginning of the call, you know, we had the 12th man. It was a third and 12 there where Dak made a great play. It gets brought back for a holding on Connor Williams. You go back to the very first drive, Dak had a 22-yard run. It gets called back for a holding on Tyron Smith. And like you said, it's just like now we're going to have to be mindful of the referees, because when we're making chip plays here, there, four yards, five yards, they never seem to see anything. But it's it's when we make that big play and we're starting to get that momentum swinging back our way, illegal formation, you know, man not covered on the line, something of that nature, you know. And I just felt like once we got that ball back, it made me think back to 2016. I said, these guys are going to go down. They're going to drive. They're going to win this game. You know, if nothing else, he's trying to get into overtime to win it. So I didn't think, you know, I was a little concerned with how everybody was saying he's playing for the tie. I felt he was more or less playing for extension than playing for the tie because we can armchair quarterback all day. He goes to the end zone, they don't complete it. Oh, he should have kicked the field goal. You know, we're at a situation right now where damn if you do, damn if you don't. Nobody cares if the result's a W. You know what, Travis, uh, when I started this show today, I brought up, and uh, it's interesting because you're in the same guideline is what I'm saying, too. Doesn't it seem to you when Dak has plenty of time, he doesn't use it constructively? He he Fact. just he just seems like he gets a brain freeze or something. I mean, you right. give that type of t- time to this uh, new kid, Mahomes kid, I mean, he'll tear you apart. And I, I just think that I think Dak now, the last two weeks, he's become like a – what was that Florida Gator uh, uh, QB? That uh, yeah, he he wants to run all of a sudden. I, I you know what? Yeah. I I'm happy that you're running, but running is should be like the last resort to the pocket that's collapsed, and let's get let's get as much yards as we can out of it. It, it shouldn't. Absolutely. You can't be a successful QB in the NFL if that's one of the game plans that we're gonna do this all the time. Now it's just not gonna. It's not gonna be. We're we're leaving too much out there. We got receivers out there, and now the question we got uh, um, we got Amari Cooper. That's a cowboy now, and yeah. uh, and now he, to me, he's the clone of like Des was. Uh, he's gonna stretch the field out, and folks, I agree. He's not gonna get the ball every time. Uh, if you guys think that this is going to be some something like uh. Uh, Rice, or this is going to be Michael Irvin type of deal. It's not. It's not. This isn't. 
He's got to get the ball to him, and I don't know if Dak can do that. All I'm looking at right now, at least stretching the field out. And once the defense catches on that, you know what, he's just going out 20, 30 yards and may not get the ball, it may be the same results, what we got going right now, too. I agree. I mean, I'm I'm expecting the same thing. He's a he's a dynamic player. I mean, when he's on, he's on, and and I believe that in some situations he's going to garner the same coverage that Dez would, you know, or any receiver of that nature, double coverage things of that nature. But I do not expect, as you stated, for him to be filling up the stat sheet um, as far as getting the ball every down. I just think he's a threat that would allow the other players to become more available if you have to respect him in double coverage, you know, then definitely we would hope that if a guy's open and the ball hits him in the hands then he's going to make a play. But that's what I expect him um, to be there for. I told a buddy of mine last night, well, look, you can't be mad that they didn't start the season with a number one and then they go out and try to get you a number one. You know, you have to at least give it an opportunity to, to play out because unlike any other guy that they may have went and got at, at, at another time, those guys, um, those guys were almost at the end of their careers. You know, this guy's been in the yeah. league a few years. He's 24 years old, and I still think the best he has is yet to come. A change of scenery for a guy like this could work. He was in a place where they clearly didn't want him anymore. Who wants to win with his guys? You're not a group guy, so that can affect the confidence as well. But when you're coming into a situation where it's like, hey, we know what you can do because finally they're not signing a guy for what he's done. They're actually signing him for the possibility of potential to move forward and to really be your number one in the coming seasons. You know, as you said, I don't expect him to come in and, oh, my God, he just had a 200-yard receiving game. Or, you know, if that happens, great. But I just expect him to be able to add a little bit of skill and to add a threat on the field. Threat. So when you do see him split out, it's like, hey, okay, we're going to watch this guy here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you perfectly know, said. That, that's the key that. word. I, I think the word threat is uh, real, really much uh, on the side of us now having a number one wide out. It, I think it really opens the door for the Swames, the the, the Beasleys, and uh, these Absolutely. guys here that – uh, the gallops. I I really think that now they get ball more. That's that's what Absolutely. I'm looking at. So, well, uh, wow, it was a it was a t- it was a tough loss, and uh, I really didn't think uh, we we're gonna come back uh, like the old Cowboys. You know, I I just don't have right. that faith in Dak like I have had in the past with other QBs. But uh, you but know, you know uh, what? Yeah, Y'all talk know? to me. He talk doesn't me. either. He doesn't have it either, and. And that's coaching. That's coaching. Because if you think back, critical part of this drive right here, it's 52 seconds and we get a first down. And then they burn about 20 seconds. I don't know what the hell they were doing. They were just standing around there. I'm like, what are you guys waiting for right now? They burned about 20, I want to say 22, 23 seconds. He should have had a play. And You're that's so coaching. damn right. I forgot all he about that. He should have had a play. You know what I mean? You're he right. He should have had a play that would have been ready to go <laughs> for right after they set the ball again that he was able to make his move. He should have had a play for that. But since they're not confident in him, they're not giving him the free reign. And, and of course, man, when you got guys from the side talking, they're like, well, you know, Romo, Romo would change the play. Romo wasn't doing that first four years. 
They're talking Romo way after Parcells, after he's earned some strikes now, and, you know, he can really see things before they happen like he's doing now from the booth. But Romo didn't see those things from the field. But I felt like he should have been prepared to have a play because I'm like, what are you guys waiting on right now? They're on their heels. We got them backing up. The momentum is switching. You need to have a play. But you're not confident enough in him to let him take control, so to speak. Like, at the moment that you allow him to take control, it's not needed. It's not game-changing. At that point, it was game-changing. You were finally uh, got the opening that you needed with your primary receiver, which was Beasley. He was making plays. Confidence was growing each time down the field, but the clock is running. Now, normally our problem is we don't know how to manage the time in a, in a positive way. We'll either burn the time out too early or – We'll end the game with a timeout. But or he'll call. Think, he'll throw a red flag for no reason. Or he'll throw a red flag for no reason. So when I saw that, I said, "Wow, you guys are just going to let this time burn off the clock, burn, burn, burn." And when that happened, I said, "Damn it, he should have had a play. He should have had a play that he was able to go into once he noticed the defense, saw he had those guys off their uh off their game, so to speak, that he could attack them, but." By having to stop and talk, you allowed them to get set again. You allowed them to let their ideas seep into their head, get that special team uh, uh, coach to tell Gruden what's going on with the ball. That allowed so much time because it allowed them to prepare. When they weren't prepared, when we uh, were on our end of the field and that goes in and dives for the QB sneak, okay, they were prepared defensively, but they weren't prepared for him to make a play with his feet at that time. So he was able to get in, no harm, no foul. But like I said, that was so critical, my friend, for them to make a completion, 52 seconds left. You have the timeout. You're sitting on it. So either you need to throw the ball away or the next play to stop the clock, or you need to chuck it to stop the clock and have a play. But what you don't do is just let the clock run down. He doesn't have a play, and then we have to call a play which allows them to get set. But I want to say one more thing, too, about that final that final drive that we were on. It was something else that the refs missed as well. Uh, Josh Norman actually threw a block on Cole Beasley. He threw a block on him when he was 15 yards down the field, and I don't know why that wasn't called um, illegal contact, which happened, like I said, on that critical part. When we were trying to drive, I don't know if the referees didn't have on the same glasses I did, but that's what I saw. I saw uh, Norman make contact with Beasley, knocked him off his route. Should have been illegal contact, 15 yards down the field, first down. But like you said, it is what it is. We got the bye week. We definitely can't lose this one. We got to be ready for Monday night. We're going to have Tennessee. We're going to be 8-8. And I'm sorry, we're going to be at home. And a good way to end up 8-8 eight eight is to keep rotating wins and losses with road games and home games. So I hope after this one we can get some consistency going. We're getting into a tough part of our schedule. And for this to play out and be positive for us, you know, we definitely got to catch fire here and start making some things happen. Well, like like you were just saying, though, the NFC East is – so vulnerable now that uh, any oh, yeah. team, any team can, besides the Giants, of course, but any team oh, can yeah. still come up and uh, take it. And uh, you know what? If if the Eagles want to play half ass and keep us in this ball game in that NFC East, I'm I'm fine with it. 
I'm fine with I'm it. I'm more than fine with yeah. it. I'm more than fine with that, brother. But you know what's funny? But, you know, that's what I call because I always call us the Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL. You know, it's no respect ever. I just heard some guys, you know, they were talking on the, uh, on the radio here about the Eagles, and they say, yeah, you know, you look at that team and those guys, you know, uh, matter of fact, it was Ryan Clark. Ryan Clark was talking, and he said, those guys, you know, they're three and four all do the situational football. So then a couple of segments pass, and, you know, they come to the Cowboys, and, oh, man, it's just the worst. Oh, I mean, you need to just clear a house. You need to – and I'm like, it's the exact same record, guy. You know, we're right. both three yeah. and four right <laughs> yeah, now. No, you know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. I don't understand what happened with their situation that was any different than ours. He said they just make the wrong decisions sometimes in situational football. Well, that's what we well, do welcome to the club. when it's done. Are you there? It's always a little yeah. extra. Yeah, yeah, I'm here. When it's done, it's always a little extra for us. I just wanted to throw that in. No, no, you're uh, you're definitely right about that. Uh, I like Sean Lee's play, though, man. Uh, there was this one screen yeah. set up, and he just fought right through there, and uh, the guy took like a two, three-yard loss on it. And that's mm-hmm. – I tell you what, uh, for people to say, ah, you know, and I've been hearing this, and you might have – as well on the social media with the Dallas Cowboys, and why don't we get rid of Sean Lee now? Trade him. I'm like, folks, oh my God. folks, come on, get your head out of your asses on that. What what are you saying? Right. This guy's still a mentor to Jalen Smith and uh, Leighton Vander Esch. Yeah, and I even mean, sometimes Joe Thomas, even even Damon Wilson, even I mean, sometimes Damon Joe Willett. Thomas, mm-hmm. because I know exactly the play that you're talking about because he saw them run it. Two times early in the game, they ran an uh, option, turned into a pitch for uh, Peterson. And Sean Lee, he actually slid over on that play. He came from the other side of the linebacker and said, hey, let me get here. Because I've seen this formation before. I know exactly what's about to happen here. He stopped the play. He also made a hell of a play when Smith was uh, trying to get that first. He was trying to hit the corner. Sean Smith pulled into it. I'm sorry, Sean Lee put it into another gear. Knocked him out of bounds, which again saved us a touchdown. One thing Zeke said after the game, I was wondering if anybody was going to say it, but Zeke said it best. He said, "We are our defense is playing too good for us to keep leaving them hanging like this because Bravo. our Bravo. defense is keeping us in games. I mean, they're doing everything they can. And my kid, she heard me Sunday. I kept saying it. I said, defense, pardon my language, brother. I said, defense, you need to fucking help them. Right. We, I mean, I'm sorry, offense, you need to fucking help them. They kept getting us the ball back. They kept getting three and out going for three points, but we were not doing anything. We get the damn ball back, and we go three and out, turn right back around. And I said, man, I know Lawrence and the guys are like, what in the hell? We just saved you again, and we're going back on the field already. Even if you guys aren't going to score, sustain a drive long enough so right. we can rest. Because by the end of the Houston game, they were beat up. That's what gave you a 39-yard pass uh, when you're trying to close out a game. They were beat up. They did everything they can. You got that line and the linebackers and even the secondary doing everything they can to preserve. And Zeke said it best. He said that our defense is playing too well for us to keep leaving them hanging like this. And I'm telling you, brother, I'm looking at the points, right? And I'm like, which one of these games did we really, like, get our ass kicked? I mean, there right. hasn't been a Chargers no. game like last Thanksgiving. There hasn't been a Philly game. There hasn't been an Atlanta <laughs> game. Like, we're losing these games by moments. 
you know, just, right. just by moments, whether it be early or late. And I'm like, you know, of course you can say what if and this and that. But you're looking at a team that could very well possibly be undefeated right now with what the defense has been giving you. If offense has been, you know, if offense could have gave you about 75% of what the defense is giving you on their worst day, we very well could be talking so totally different right now. You're, you're you know, right. Instead of looking at ourselves about what the hell happened, we could say, hey, we're so far ahead right now in our division because that was our first division loss. That was still our first division loss, you know, granted, which still has us in the, uh, in the thick of things, but we're supposed to be a little further ahead than no. we are right now. I'll take it as it is, and we'll see what's going to happen starting Monday with these Titans. No, that's a very good point. Yeah, you know what I thought of? I thought of horse racing. I thought of, you know, when a horse loses like by 10 or 15 lengths back, well, you think, God, oh, the horse just wasn't up to par that day or the, right. the other horses just outran it. But if the horse loses at the, at the wire, it, it's the jockey's fault. I mean, it, absolutely. Uh, because that—that's—that's <laughs> that's the moment where the two jockeys are digging in with the horses, and that's when you know that finish line becomes. What do I got to do to get to that finish line? So you—you you know what? So yeah, I—I I totally agree with you. We have been losing those type of games, and uh, absolutely. When I started the show off, I said, you know what? This wasn't Garrett's fault. The, I, I I I felt that you know you brought up a great point. We did eat a lot of clock there. I didn't even think right. about that. So you we know ate what? So much there. Well, maybe Rich Richie Cunningham did screw this one up again, Mister Clapper. <laughs> I, I, I can't. You know what? I, I had him off the hook on this one, Travis. I had right. him off the hook, but that you brought up a good point, man. I I don't I just, know, you brother. Know, because I feel like, man, I feel like you know, right now we need to stop thinking. Just play. Don't please anybody. I mean, I mean, I know it's hard to not listen to the noise, but right now, they need to just play. Stop going out and trying to think a player to a head because that's what's happening. On that last drive, uh, uh, Dak threw a pass to Thompson and hit him right in between the 1-5. But you're thinking too much. You're, you're thinking, I have to make this catch because we hear the noise every Monday. Oh, the Cowboys. Oh, if, you know, if anything can go wrong, it will. Well, guess what? That happens for every team on Sunday because the Titans, uh, uh, London, they played in London on Sunday. They lost the game by one point. The coach had two opportunities to go for one instead of two. He didn't. But he's not being raked over the coals like the Cowboys would. They, they call that all. What integrity, what tenacity that this coach believes so much in his team that two tries because they got a legal penalty and he had a chance to go for it again. Two tries, he decided, you know what, we're going to go for two instead of one. They keep making all these rationalizations why Shermer went for two instead of one last night. But everything that Garrett does, everything that we does, it's a million times on a microscope. You know what's coming, so don't think about it. Just go out there and play. Now, that's the tough skin that our guys, and you know the guys I'm talking about, our 90s guys, they had that. Sepnowski, uh, you know, Eric Williams, Nate Newton, Michael Irvin, Emmett, Troy, Alvin Harper. Those guys, they had that. What they was uh, Eric Williams? Hated. He was an animal too. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he loved to be hated. And what we got to understand is nobody likes us, but everybody watches 
and everybody talks about yeah. it. You can't watch Undisputed, First Take, ESPN, NFL Today. You can't watch any of those shows without one mention of the Cowboys, even in the offseason. <laughs> They're talking right, about man. what Jerry Jones has for breakfast. You <laughs> know right. what I mean? Right. So my thing is, if you know that noise is there, you got to play through it. Stop overthinking it and just make the plays. You're in the NFL because you made plays. So continue making the plays. Make the adjustment, make the play. We knew Zeke wasn't going to have a great game. It turns out he had one of the worst games of his career. Somebody else had to make a play. And slightly, a couple of guys did. There was a Dalton Schultz sighting. He caught a pass. Blake Jarwin caught a pass. So guys were making plays, and they were ready to be patted on the back for a great comeback on Monday. But no more thinking. Get out there, execute, and play. Because right now, like I said, we're coming to a very tough portion of our schedule, and we're not going to be able to think out there on the field. you got to be ready to play. And it does, you know, it, it's concerning that, once again, I'll bring it up on that portion where we lost so much time that they hadn't already gave him a play. And, you know, Tony... Tony is my guy, you know, of course, but, you know, Tony of all people, the comment that he made uh, towards the end of the game, I'm going to go right here, I'm going to take a shot for the end zone. That is a great call when you're sitting up in the box. But I've seen Tony in that same position not be able to make that play for whatever reason, whether it's the personnel on the field, whether it's the call coming from the sideline, because I don't know about you, but the first thing I started hearing right after the game is, fire Garrett, hire Romo, you know. So I, I, I don't know, brother. I don't know. I just hope the ship, get, the, the ship gets right as soon so we can focus and just move on. Hey, I got a question for you, too. Uh, we got rid of Butler. What the hell has yeah. Terrence Williams done that we still got this guy and not Butler? Well, you know, I think that's another one of those things almost in a dead situation. You never thought that you would get him back and you got him back for cheaper than what the market value would be. And and, and I do believe that he's played his last game in a Cowboys uniform. It's just right now they they kind of don't want to mix the good with the bad because think about this. Everybody made a big deal about the first round for Amari Cooper. I wasn't happy about it. I would have rather did a third or a fourth. And they said, well, damn, we could have got Josh Gordon for a fifth. But Josh Gordon hasn't played 10 football games in the past two years. So you're taking a risk there. But the change of scenery helped him in New England. But that's New England. So when I'm looking at Terrence Williams, it's like, hey, we're going to cut this guy. I think the thing that hurt Bryce this time around was injury. He just couldn't get healthy for the few weeks that they had him there. Mm. And when he was healthy Sunday, he got on the field. He half-assed on a couple of routes, so, you know, they sat him down and uh, Garrett let him know when the plane landed, you're getting cut tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's it's just one of those things. But the Cowboys, one thing they all infamous for is using your own tape to, to, to show you out the door. Dan Bailey, probably one of the last things they watched on him was the missed field goal in Philly. Where Bryce, the last thing that you showed us that was actual action that wasn't on the field was all the talking you did on Undisputed this summer when you begged to be a number one, and if Dez wasn't there, you felt like you'd get the opportunity. Well, when they did put you on the field, you have that. So they, they said that was your opportunity to prove it. You're out of here. Like I said, I believe Terrence Williams has played his last game as a Cowboy. They were just waiting for this to come down in regards to the suspension. He's on IR now. It would 
it would totally surprise me if they put him back in uniform, put him on a roster. Uh, but I think he's out of here next year. And you know why I said that? I thought maybe, just maybe, uh, you got, well, you know what, Peterson of uh, the Cardinals, that's a hell, yeah. that's a hell of a DB right there. And I was just thinking, I agree. Okay, if if you're gonna cut Butler, well, that makes room for one. Well, you, you're gonna keep Terrence Williams. Maybe, just maybe, you want to cut Terrence Williams to bring uh, Peterson on board. Peterson, yeah, absolutely. I mean, man, it, w- wouldn't it, it be something? Wouldn't it be yes, something? It but the Cardinals are saying there's no damn way that we're gonna get rid of him. They were, it's you a know, no trade. But they've said that crap before. We've we've heard all teams say, say that. <laughs> all because you gotta say that because you got a you got an established veteran saying things are so bad here. But I he wants out, to leave. I want anywhere. Yeah, and you know that, what I mean. I want anywhere. That that right there is what you were saying about 15 minutes ago. Here's a mm-hmm. team. Here's a carnal defense that's out on the field like maybe 70 percent or 80 percent of the time. They're they're. Tired. They they don't have anything left in them, and the score keeps running up and all that. That's exactly. a good defense being exploited right there. The other night, Peterson was getting penalties, and he was laughing. It was just like, man, this this is a joke. We have yeah. no chance. You know, nothing's going to work. And uh, the Saints, they were in the market because they ended up getting Eli Apple from the Giants today. So Peterson is still out there, and like I said, I think if he goes to him and say, hey, you know. If, there are certain guys that the organization cares about you. When you're at this point in your career, they're going to try to make you happy. You know what I mean? And it's like, hey, guys, it's not working here. I've given my all to you guys. You know, I've never talked against the organization, but right now I need to make a move. And, I mean, if they have his best interest, I could see them doing that. If not, then he's going to stay there. He's going to finish out the season uh, in turmoil. But that would be a great pickup. Um I'm ready to go ahead and move on from the Earl Thomas thing. Of course, we could have gave Seattle a first for Earl, but um, we didn't. It didn't work out. Earl's done. Let's just continue looking forward. I don't want to look backwards now. No, no, you're right. How you doing? You're right. right. Yeah, I don't want to keep looking backwards. You know, we we know the dad's door is closed now. It's absolutely closed now with Amari Cooper there. Let's, Let's just continue looking forward, you know, because after this, we can't continue to make excuses. He's got two weeks to go in there to sit with the coaches and try to figure out what his position is going to be and how he's going to make himself viable for the team. I like what Cole Beasley said after the game. He said, I don't want to hear all this talk about my quarterback because in all actuality, he actually kept us in it. Now, he did make some plays that made it questionable, but there towards the end, he did keep us in it. But that last drive, it looked more Mississippi State than it did Scott Linehan. And, right. and, and and once he gets the confidence, as he did in 2016, okay, on this read option, I'm going to go. On that read option, I'm going to give it to you. Stop thinking and just play. Once right. they're able to get back to that, I think we'll see some differences, my friend. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, like my coach in football walked into his office. He had a, he had a lip, a big, like 11 by 14 lips uh, on the wall. And I, I go, what the hell is that, coach? And he goes, that's that means kiss, and I go kiss. What, what's that? And he said, uh, "Keep it simple, stupid." That's what this whole Keep defense. It simple. Th- that's what this whole defense is all about here. And I said, "Okay, let's roll." So uh, that's all you got to do. Yeah. That's all you got to do, man. That's what we at right now. You know, I know the coach is from Princeton, but we don't need a Princeton playbook. As Whitney used to say, we just need the circles and the squares drawn in the dirt. 
tell the guy where he's going to go, and you just get there. Yeah. That's it. You yep. just You're get right. there. You're right, brother. All right, so we got a bye week uh, next week, and uh, I hate bye weeks just because uh, I, I like watching football. But for all you fans out there, I got to tell you, the, this is the best. If your wife doesn't watch football, tell her, I'm not going to watch the Cowboys next week. I'll do whatever the Absolutely. hell you want. Whatever the hell you want, <laughs> you can count me in. That's it. I'm just doing this for you. And they'll they'll, they'll right. believe it. They don't they don't know what the hell a bye week is or anything like that. So I'm just saying, if you got one of those wives like I got, perfect. Play that role. All right, absolutely. All right, all right, my man. Well, it's been great having you on, Travis. Uh, once again, I mean, uh, I think the recap thing. I, I love having you on, man. Uh, so I I appreciate I, it, man. Yeah, I love, I, I love doing on, it with man. you, man. I, you know, I want to make it back every week for the rest of the season if I can. Perfect, perfect. All right, Travis. Well, you have a great week, my friend, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Stay in touch. Yes, uh, I got your number. You got my talk, number, brother. It'll definitely be a Cowboys victory. All right, folks. All right. From Travis, Jono, Steve-O, and Rodney, those two aren't here. But in any case, thank you for being a part of the show. We'll check you out next week. I don't even think we got to do a, a Thursday show here. I don't think that uh, that that's even necessary. We, we don't even have a game. So we'll do one show this week, and uh, we'll make it happen. All right, take care. Tune in next week for another edition of the Cowboys podcast on lineupmedia.fm. Subscribe to the show now at cowboyspodcast.com on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, and all major podcast outlets. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm.